It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker. Good evening and welcome to tonight's Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. My name is Tom Baker and I am joined at the round table by my Race Chaser Online colleague jacob sealman dun 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 and we are joined on the show by a couple of folks from race chaser as well through the miracles of modern technology the race chaser skype line rents brown and cisco scaramuza and uh, we are going to be also joined by a couple of other folks as we go into the show a little while we're going to talk with hunter smith for a fit stop and we're also going to Billy Glavin in here from our title sponsor, HMS Motorsport, to talk fire systems, which if you are a driver or a team owner or even a member of a team, you're going to want to pay attention to this. This is going to be a precursor to our next live remote from HMS Motorsport, which will be next Thursday at this same time, 7 Eastern. Uh, we are going to have a seminar, video seminar, to go with our normal radio show. We'll be simulcasting the fire system seminar that Billy will be doing at HMS. Tonight going to be kind of a digest version of that just to kind of warm you up. So Wow, to, that was uh, very punny. Not meant to be, but okay, I'll take it. I'll take anything I can get at this point. Um, and we're going to hear from uh, Bubba Wallace as well and Justin Allgaier before the show is over. So... We look forward to doing this, as always, here on PMN. Let's get things started. The Newswire has been hot this week with a few things, not the least of which Jacob was Timothy Peters repeating at Martinsville. There's another pun for you. I'll You're t- on a roll tonight. I'll take the double. Yeah, it must be butter. I'll take the double tonight. And uh, Timothy Peters getting the win in Martinsville in the first ever. Now, this is what's cool. He won this race back in 2005. It was on a Sunday. First ever race under the lights at Martinsville. Valley Star Credit Union 300 for the late models. And Timothy Peters, who most people probably know from the truck series, but of course um, grew up racing late models in this region does it again and what a race to win and put yourself in the record books like that is the first winner at martinsville under the brand new lighting system well to be fair tom it's also important to note that when you don't have a regular truck ride you can go run races like this and win them that's true but nonetheless nonetheless great feat for timothy peters who had a tremendous battle with one of the young guns we first saw in the past south super late models a few years back trevor knowles timothy and trevor knowles going at it for the better part of 50 laps in the final quarter of this race last saturday night timothy ultimately making the winning pass with 14 laps to go and pulling away to victory Important, I think, in a lot of ways, Cisco. Number one, as we referenced, he does not have a truck ride full-time right now, so you busy yourself trying to show that you're still relevant. Pretty good way to show that you're still relevant by winning the biggest race for late model stock cars that there is, but I think equally as important, this propelled into something even bigger because Henry County, which is where Martinsville Speedway is located, is actually going to sponsor Timothy Peters this weekend in Las Vegas. Interesting. Okay. 
That makes sense. And also you have to take note, Jacob, that when you look through the results page of that race at Martinsville, there are a bunch of young guns here running for, for bigger teams, someone like a Josh Berry, somebody like a Myatt Snyder, you know, kind of younger drivers, part of those bigger teams. Timothy with a smaller team, but a lot more experience behind the wheel. So kind of a uh, an interesting foil in that race result. And it is interesting, Tom, and I think it's also equally as interesting. His longtime late model car owner in Barry Nelson, who's very well renowned for his car dealership up there in Virginia, Autos by Nelson, you know, they've wanted to be able to pull something like this off together. They finally get to do that. It's a big story, and I think for Timothy, this could well go a long way, hopefully, into propelling him back into the truck series on a more regular basis. I mentioned he's got a ride this weekend, but it also comes back to (laughs) the point that he's driving for Young's Motorsports this weekend. I'll I'll get my brain untied here in a minute. Tyler Young (laughs) giving him an opportunity because of all this. Let let me take over for a second. You you can get yourself uh, rebooted there, and then we'll be good. Yeah, and you're right. I, I hope that this does propel him to an opportunity because honestly at this point he's a driver that I know he's not a young gun so much per se anymore but he's still a driver who can go out win races and the truck series needs veterans like Timothy I think to really balance it out with all of the young drivers that do come in you have your Sauters and your Craftons and you know guys like Timothy Peters those guys really balance it out and give the young yeah. gun somebody to shoot for. But it was a big a big win for him in a big race for Trevor Knowles, who ended up fifth at the end of the day, but yes. still a good run for a driver that a lot of our audience, I'm sure, doesn't know anything about. He's a local racer who has enough talent to be running in the truck series with the aforementioned drivers that we just uh, talked Absolutely. about. But he just hasn't been able to put the right situation together and a really personable young driver as well. So good to see him with the fifth place finish. But you, you had Lee Pulliam, who has just crowned the champion NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series late model champion for the fourth time. I was hoping you were going to get to that. And if you hadn't, I was going to bring it up. And I hate when people call it Wheel and All-American Series late model champion because that's not actually correct. The NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series does not just encompass late models here in the southeastern United States. It's actually made up of every Division I class at all the NASCAR-sanctioned short tracks across the country including the NASCAR-sanctioned dirt tracks. There are some dirt-modified divisions that, is that run for Division okay, I Okay, so let's say it again. He's the NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series Division Next. I champion. Are you happy? Yes. Okay, good. Now that we've got that out of the way. <laughs> but for he, the fourth time. For the fourth time. Though, and we, good to see that. But he finished second at Martinsville. And, and then you had another couple of veterans. Jake Crum fourth. was fourth. After starting on the pole. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's a whole that's a whole yeah. other can of worms we can talk about here in a second. Yeah. But, um, and then Peyton who, Sellers, Peyton was, Sellers third. was third. Yeah, Sellers. he was the other veteran yep. that, that was up in there. And then you had Knowles finishing up the top five. So what you what you had there was basically four veteran drivers and Trevor Knowles, yeah. who is actually a veteran himself. He's just younger than the rest of them. Exactly. Not right. by a lot. Jake's not. Jake Crum is not that old. He's about 20, yeah, he's mid-20s, but I think Trevor's still um, a couple 22, of years. 22, 23. 22 I think so. he's yeah, my he's age, if I remember him. right. Yeah. So good 
good race at Martinsville. Yeah. Good field of cars. Great um, field of cars. They started 42. I think they had 60 or 65 on the ground. But what would Martinsville be? What would a Martinsville late model race be without a little controversy? Uh, a lot of controversy, maybe? Let's see. What did we do in qualifying on Friday before the race? Oh, I don't know. We disqualified the front row. That might have been fun. Both of them. <laughs> what happened there? Well, issues in carburetors. Uh, Jeff Oakley. Um, let's see. That's he had not a spacer. A <laughs> he had a spacer plate. Yeah. That, the, and I hate to be that guy, but that's not exactly a surprise either when it comes to, well, controversy. I'm just saying. Yeah. he's uh, He pushes the envelope quite often. And the outside pole just sitter had trouble with his squirters. Yeah. <laughs> His squirters weren't right. I still laugh. That's when you a bring that, that up. that's a really bad problem. You know, you're having a bad day when your squirters aren't right. Yeah, and that's a part on the carburetor. But that's uh, right. what's more interesting to me is the name behind the illegal part, Deke McCaskill. Yeah, one of the top racers in the area. Cars um, late model stock. Yeah, former champion. Yeah, and um, I, I want to say current points leader or close to it. So the front row DQ, which put Jake Crum up on, on the pole, the pole. Yeah. And, and put Stacy Perrier on the outside pole. Speaking which of he veteran was, drivers, yeah, really excited about. Yeah, so it was a, a good weekend at Martinsville, and very very happy for all of the folks there because they've worked awfully hard with these LED lights to to be make this track something special at night. And I love the fact that they ran this on a Saturday night. I just think that's what it needs to be at this point. Um, Short track racing in the South was built on Saturday yes. night slam bang yeah, I agree. under the lights. And, and I'll be honest, it, we've had a warm spell here in the South, much warmer September than normal. It's been in the high 80s and today in the 90s. Uh, so that race being on a Saturday night, I'm sure helped the drivers a lot too from a temperature standpoint. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, all good stuff there, and definitely a a big win for Timothy Peters. And as you said, I hope maybe a career reboot. Somebody gives him an opportunity yes, to go and, yes, and uh, run full-time again in the truck series. Uh, so we've got about a minute left here. Want to transition just sort of as a thought. We're going to talk next segment about another item off the newswire because we had uh we've had some some drivers with some new rides we've got some news from the nascar cup garage to pass along but we're gonna start with in the next segment some conversation about the arca series because they ran a big race and it looks like we're close to crowning a champion. Not close. It's it's official as long as he pulls in the gate. Okay. So, we'll, so we'll, like I said, we're yeah. close to crowning a champion. We'll make Austin Terrio and Ken Schrader really happy yeah. on the other side of this break. We'll uh, talk more about the Arca Series, more off the Newswire. We've got uh, Kyle Souza coming up, all kinds of folks. Billy Glavin, we've got... Uh, We're going to hear from Bubba Wallace. We're going to hear from Justin Allgaier and lots more before we're done here. Stick around. You're listening to The Stock Car Show. Presented by HMS Motorsport on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. 
You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Renz Brown, Cisco Scaramuza, and Joe King behind the glass pushing all the right buttons here on the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports as we come to you live from the Race City USA PMN studios here in Mooresville, North Carolina. And we're talking racing. We're going to temporarily suspend the newswire here. We're gonna, we've got a modified story to talk about in a moment, but I want to jump ahead just a little bit here at the start of this segment and talk about the ARCA race. Of course, uh, that race last week setting up a three-week break before they go to Kansas and also probably Rents Brown all but icing 
the title for Austin Terrio in the Ken Schrader racing car unless Austin somebody locks him in a closet and prevents him from flying to Kansas and starting the race he's basically got the title locked up he has just had an amazing season he has, and it's not basically he will be the champion because going into Kansas, Tom, he has a 400-point lead on Dalton Sargent. So going to that race, unless, you know, they decide it's going to be triple max points for the title out of nowhere, Austin Terrio will, will win this championship. And, Jacob, the big thing is seven wins, 16 top fives, 19 top tens to go along with that 4,975 points. Ken Schrader and Austin Terrio are looking pretty. To lay out how this works for the ARCA Racing Series points, there's 250 bonus points up for grabs for every five races that you participate in in the ARCA Racing Series. The Kansas race will be the fifth of those five races, meaning that just by showing up and taking a lap of practice, Austin Terrio earns 250 points. There's also 250 points in race points, including qualifying bonus points, most laps led, all that fun stuff, to go for the race itself. So technically, Tom, there's 500 points still on the table. But Austin Terrio will clinch the championship the moment that 52 car rolls out, clears inspection, rolls out onto the racetrack, and takes a lap of practice. Because at that moment, the car has been presented as an entry. It's considered participating in its fifth event he earns the 250 points so at the end of the day at that point nobody can overhaul him he wins the championship and here's the thing I love most Ken Schrader has never won the championship as an owner in ARCA Ken Schrader at the ARCA banquet during PRI weekend in December they better be careful because if they give him a microphone to make a speech, they might not get it back for three hours. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is that it isn't as though Austin can't talk at all. He He's just not quite as naturally outgoing and sort of uh, entertaining as Ken Schrader. Pretty much. You know, Austin is he, Austin's a good speaker, and he's but he's a very laid-back person uh more or less compared to schrader who's just a, a cut up and really a throwback to the old school racers like kenny wallace and you know guys like bentley warren and, and drivers like that of that era um you're right that's uh that's gonna be a lot of fun to to uh to to see that banquet and and you're right if they give schrader the mic they might not get it back for a while but you know what i don't think anybody will mind because i'm sure whatever ken has to say will be quite entertaining Indeed, indeed, indeed. So the race itself, by the way, Austin Terrio went four wide to get the lead on a late restart, and that was after everybody lost their minds. I have a rant with this race, Tom. You know what my rant is? The first 23 laps, we ran exactly a lap and a half under the green flag. Yeah, yeah, it was it was called Endless Yellow Rents. I think that was a hit song from the 70s for somebody. Well, you know, I mean, it is the ARCA series, and sometimes the brakes are just the guy's front bumper yeah. and the guy's rear bumper. <laughs> That's so, a good way of putting it. They're the side of the car, one or the other. Yep. ARCA um, brakes right there. Yeah, but, it's... you know, it, it's just one of those things where you can just tell guys how hungry Austin Terrio really is. And I think there's a kind of a chip on his shoulder after everything that happened yeah. with the truck series and having to go back down to ARCA, which... While it's no knock on the ARCA racing series themselves, it's just the fact that you want to be a NASCAR. And I think well, that's where he desperately wanted to be. 
and he's making the most of the opportunity with a man that many people consider to be one of the best drivers Period. ever. And the fact that he can get into anything and race it at any point, Tom. So I think it's a great pairing. And maybe, who knows, maybe he might come back again next year and race for Ken Schrader if nothing comes of the opportunity. And they might you know, be able to rattle off a few more wins and maybe a few more championships. Well, Cisco, I think rather than say he had a chip on his shoulder, I think the way I would put it, I understand where Rents was going. I'm going to try and kind of reframe this. He had a ton of confidence coming into this, and I think maybe feeling like he had something to prove. Well, if that's what it was, I'd say mission accomplished. I'd say mission accomplished, but, I mean, you talk about Austin Terrio and his September that he had was, it was nuts. I mean, you know, Elkhart Lake, win. DeCoin, win. Salem, win. Chicago, okay, well, he didn't win that race, but he finished second. And then he wins at Kentucky as well. I mean, you can't stop him right now. This It's ridiculous. He, he, he wins. He just keeps winning. We can't do anything about it. Somebody stop him. Well, nobody's going to <laughs> stop him at this point. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, we've still got a couple races left. I'm not going to say nobody's going to stop well, no, him. Well, no, we have one race One left. race. Yeah, Kansas. Maybe yeah, somebody wins at I mean, Kansas, but the rate we're going, I don't. the trailer. That's I, actually, <laughs> I actually think Kansas may be a, a race. You know, we haven't. We still don't know who's going to drive, for example, for Mason Mitchell. and It's supposed to be Kyle Weatherman. Okay. Well, you know, I think that, that car has had a pretty good track record at Kansas, hasn't it? It has had a pretty good track record. It won with the boss. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, point. you know, so, you, I think that. Kansas is a track that, honestly, Jacob, you could see a number of winners. I think you could. Well, now, let's transition away from ARCA for a minute because I got to do something this week that was kind of fun, Tom. I yes, got, you did, actually. I did. Actually, I got to help. The paint specs on my hands yesterday proved that. I got to help paint the pit wall pink. There you at go, Charlotte. There you go. Well, you also had a chance to chat with some folks. I did have a chance to chat with a few folks during all of this. Bubba Wallace was chief among them, and Bubba was there not only to drum up support for breast cancer awareness, which is part of the race sponsorship for the NASCAR Xfinity Series at Charlotte Motor Speedway, not this coming weekend, but next weekend, the Blue Cross Blue Shield of North Carolina 300, Drive for the Cure. He also was there to promote the launch of his new foundation that he is spearheading. I got a chance to talk one-on-one with Bubba about that, And if Joe King presses a button, you all will get to hear Bubba Wallace talk about said new foundation. Roll tape. Bubba Wallace back for, I think, you said your third time, right? Third Third time at Paint the Pit Wall Pink. And I know this is probably the fullest I've ever seen it. Being back here multiple times like Jimmy and a couple of the others have, I mean, how have you seen this event grow the last couple of years and the, the sense of pride in raising awareness grow the last couple of years? Yeah, I think Jimmy gets a little bit slimmer and slimmer every time and a little <laughs> bit more fit each and every year. Um, but uh, it's, it's cool to, to be out here and, and to, to raise awareness for breast cancer. And um, like I continue to say, it's, it's something that's a barrier that's, that's put on your life. And nobody shouldn't have to live life with a barrier. And that's what my foundation right here on my chest is all about, live to be different. And you want to strive through and, and put forth 110% effort each and every day to make sure your life is the best life you've ever lived. And, you know, when, when you're announced with any type of cancer, specifically breast cancer, it changes things. So it's, it's part of life that it's the, the, 
not the greatest part of life, but you know, people that have the right mindset, that have the strong mindset and the strong mentality to, to go and push through it is, is what it's all about. Talk a little bit about the foundation, what you know, the circumstances behind what spearheaded you to start it. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a different spot than anybody else in the sport, specifically because of skin color. Um, and, you know, it makes me different in, in all ways of, you know, the way I'm looked at, the, the, the way I just carry myself. I like to be different. I like to be loud. I like to be, you know, that guy in the room. And, and that's what we kind of based our, our found, my foundation around was that. But obviously not just being different, not just being a loud mouth, but just different aspects and different barriers that are set on you in life. No matter what age you are, no matter what skin color you are, no matter what disability you have, you know, you're different. Let's, let's make it fun. Let's, uh, despite the bad that, that may be around it, let's try to make the most of every opportunity so you don't have to live your life down in the slumps. It's about perspective, isn't it? Just like a lot of these ladies fighting the cancer battle that they are. Absolutely. And, and you know, the stories we've heard today... Um, you know, their lives were changed when they got the phone call. And, you know, um, it's, it's just tough to hear that and, and to, to look back on that and see how we can help out. This is a first step of painting the walls pink and, and having a good time. It, I know it's been sporadic a little bit, but you've had a lot of good moments in the times you've been in a race car this year. Even though it hasn't been full-time, to have those high points, the truck win, the strong Xfinity runs, does it give you optimism that there are better days coming here? Absolutely. You know, I'm trying to be optimistic as I can and, uh, and trying to make the most of every opportunity that I climb into, whether that's Xfinity Cup or truck. Um, you know, looking back at Michigan and the truck race, that was pretty cool and pretty special to get back in victory lane. So um, there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, whatever ride that comes about, that we can go out there and make the most of it, whether that's running top five, winning the race, or just making the most out of each and every day. You know, that really describes Bubba to a T, very honestly. Oh, he makes the most out of each and every opportunity he gets in the race yeah. car. And perhaps his best day was the last time he was in the Petty Cup car finishing 11th. Now he's oh, won yeah. races in other yeah. series, mind you. But I think to go out and end that particular assignment with an 11th place finish, which is one of the best finishes that that car has had this year, if not the best. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Eric might have had a couple of times in the top 10, but um you know, it, it just really fits Bubba to a T. Yes. I just make the most out of every day, and I hope somebody, again, gives him an opportunity to do that full-time next year. I hope so. He said, uh, and you know, Drew, he referenced that Drew Blickensturfer has said they want Bubba in the 43 car next year. It's just pending funding right now, and Bubba said they are actively searching. So, you know, we'll just see what happens. But he's not overly worried about that right now, just taking things one step at a time. And I know before we go to break, you had one more little news nugget about somebody who we've had on this show a few times who's driving a modified this weekend at Hickory. Yeah, just real quickly, uh, young Cody Connor getting an opportunity to run for Hillbilly Racing in the 79 car for the uh, Southern Modified Racing Series event at Hickory this weekend. That's a cool deal because Hillbilly's had a bit of a reputation for putting young guys in the car. They had Daniel Hemrick a while back, then Spencer Davis, and... Uh, I think uh, Joe Ryan Osborne at one a time point, or yes. two. Yeah. And now you've got um, 
Cody continuing that tradition. And it'll be interesting to see how Cody adapts to the modified because he used to run the late model, uh, the super late model. So uh, kind of a different sort of style of car. So wish him the best and definitely happy to see him getting that opportunity. I love seeing the modifieds at Hickory. They put on a great show with that. We're going to step aside. When we come back, we go New England Motorsports. Kyle Souza going to join us. We're going to talk Wheel and Modified Tour on the other side of this. Stick around. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport on the Performance Motorsports Network. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels New to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America, featuring world-renowned brands like Stilo Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, HJC Helmets, Orca Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits. HMS representatives are experts in their field and focused on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'll come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke located on Route 1 or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. 
I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. It's time to catch up on the latest from the New England racing scene. On the Stock Car Show, here's Tom Baker with Kyle Souza. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. We are moving into the portion of the show where we talk New England motorsports, and we bring on our New England motorsports correspondent, who also is part of the NASCAR Home Tracks PR team covering the Wheelin Modified Tour, which is the subject of our conversation this evening here on the Stock Car Show because, Kyle Souza, well, we went into this past weekend's race at New Hampshire Motor Speedway thinking that the title fight was basically down to two drivers. Now we come out of New Hampshire Motor Speedway believing that the title sponsorship is a four-man horse race with Ryan Priest as a fifth driver hoping for a miracle. Wait, title sponsorship or title fight? Title fight. Sorry about that. I got sponsorship (laughs) on the mind this week. Sponsorship on the mind is good, though. Yes, it is. Yeah, title fight, Tom. You mentioned it's going to be wild going down to the final two races of the season. Obviously, the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour uh, has had... I'd say a pretty good year uh, competition-wise. There's been a lot of different drivers to visit Victory Lane. Uh, after last weekend's race at Loudon, there have been three drivers to visit Victory Lane more than once. Everybody else has been there at least uh, once. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people have been there at least once. But you mentioned that championship fight. Nine top fives later, Doug Kobe is back on top, uh, 526. He's got an 11-point lead as we head for Stafford this weekend over Justin Bonsignor. And I think, guys, Bonsignor has been the guy that's kind of snuck up on Doug here, had a you know mediocre beginning to the season, but a great summer stretch like Kobe did, and he's put himself in position uh, to pounce going down the end of the road. Hmm, that sounds eerily familiar. Wasn't it Bonsignor that did that exact same thing, oh, I don't know, two years ago and almost beat Doug for the title, Kyle? Yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been a... Uh, I guess it's been something that Justin's done a lot over the last couple of years. And uh, this year, they started with a new crew chief at the beginning of the season, struggled a little bit to get going. While it came around the beginning of August, they brought last year's crew chief back, Billy Michael, back on board that Phoenix Communications team. And they've clicked off top tens ever since he returned. And in, in every race but one, the only race they didn't finish top ten with him back, they finished 11th. So they've been top 11 since the beginning of August. And I think Bonsignor, guys, is going to be that one guy that could throw Kobe for a, a curveball here because Bonsignor is really, really good when it comes to Thompson. He's won there multiple times before. I think what's going to decide this championship, at least for me, is Stafford. Uh, Bonsignor has not been phenomenal at Stafford. They've been able to run top four, three. Uh, but he hasn't shown that winning speed that Ryan Priest and Doug Kobe have shown over the last two years. And I think to win this championship, if you're going to beat Doug Kobe, you're going to have to win. And I'm not sure that Bonsignor uh, can put that winning stretch together here in the last two races. Okay, so let's let's chat more about Loudon itself, though, because it was a race that was predictably unpredictable. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement, unpredictable. <laughs> uh, and when we went in there, we were... We were pretty confident that Ryan Priest was going to be knocked out of this championship fight. Well, he misses that race, obviously, to compete and uh, finish top five of the NASCAR Xfinity Series. But he leaves New Hampshire 26 points uh, points out because 
the other guys in there basically ran the race. They did not have phenomenal runs when it comes to Timmy Salamito and Doug Colby. As far as the race goes, Bobby Santos doing the same exact thing he did in July. Guys, using that uh, v- PJ1 on the bottom of the track, the VHT, they've got so many names for it. Now, that grip that they put on the track on the bottom and the track outside tech. lane, he <laughs> found it on the bottom groove again from the back of the pack, charging to the front late. And as Patrick Emerling told me following the race, Bobby snookered us again. He found that bottom before anybody else did. And he worked his way all the way to the lead with that Tineo machine and celebrated a second victory this year. And uh, this week, I think there's been a lot of talk about Bobby as well. He's been touring the country, not focusing full-time on the Wheel of Modified Tour, Tom. And uh, it seems like it's paying off. Seven starts this year. He's been in victory lane twice. And as he told me in the media center after the race, you know what? These are the two races you want to win here at New Hampshire. Because Loudon is the modified Daytona. That's really what it comes down to, Kyle. And... I'm curious because there's another veteran in this field that may not have won the race, but there was a lot of talk about over the weekend because Donnie Leah brought the old Tommy Baldwin 7NY out for what I heard a lot of people refer to as one last go. He finished fourth, but there were rumors flying. You were there, Kyle. Can you put anything to rest? Did you hear anything? Because I heard a lot of people reference this as possibly being Donnie Leah's final tour start. Yeah, I mean, the rumor mill is obviously uh, something that we don't read too much into, but uh, Donnie telling me there on Saturday, uh, so so make a long story short, Tommy did sell all of the other cars he had, I guess, if you want to put it that way. He sold his um, Trucks, World Truck and... Series equipment this year, uh, and I don't believe he has any Monster Energy Cup Series equipment left either. Nope. So Tommy's selling that stuff. However, Donnie did, you know, he said to me uh, Saturday morning, you know what, we're here. So we're going to keep going with it until something happens. So I don't think that it's very clear uh, what's going on with Donnie right now. I will say they're not on the entry list for this weekend's uh, Napa Fall Final at Stafford Motor Speedway. So uh, and the early entry list that I received this week, they were not on the World Series entry list yet either. Take for granted we are two weeks before that race. But uh, I'm not really sure what's going on there. Donnie not really uh, spitting out a whole lot there on Saturday was kind of just focused on loud. And he ran really well. Uh, qualified towards the front, ran towards the front in most of that race. And uh, if it was his last start on the Wheel of Modified Tour, he definitely went out with a bang. But I have a feeling that even if it's not for Tommy Baldwin, we will see Donnie Weah back before Wong. Well, I uh, am not sure what exactly the arrangement is there. But, of course, the last I was aware, Tommy was doing some work with Premium Motorsports. So I believe he's back going and traveling to the cup races. So he wouldn't run the modified unless he just sort of farms it out to somebody else to take care of because he's not going to be able to be at either of the last two races. So I'm not sure where that leaves Donnie Leah or what the situation would be, but uh, I wouldn't expect to see the seven and why at either of the last two shows. And I guess um, just have to wait and see what 2018 would bring. But it's interesting the way Loudon played out because of course, Santos getting the win, but both Timmy Salamito and Doug Kobe, as you mentioned, not having the kind of races they would have liked. Salamito seems to be a little bit snake bit lately. Um, you know, over the last couple of months, he's really had some bad luck. It continued 
at uh, New Hampshire. And now, as you, as we say, this is a four-man race. And going into Stafford, it's really hard to tell who has the advantage other than to say the fact that Kobe's leading the points and going into two tracks he's traditionally pretty good at. Now you got to take it away from him. And that's that's a tall order. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago right here on this show as well. If they were in front of Doug Kobe, I think we'd be looking at a different scenario to try and hold them off. But uh, being behind Doug Kobe and that Phil Moran uh, prepared team, it's going to be very difficult for these guys to do that. You mentioned Salomito turned back to the race for a moment. Early on in that race, Ryan Newman won the pole. Of course, the Monster Energy Cup Series star competing again in the wheel and modified tour. He won the pole for the race. However... Early on in the race, they had an issue with their right front tire, and that was something that uh, NASCAR officials had talked to the teams about. They had been wearing out right front tires on Friday. They wore out uh, in practice and in qualifying. Well, officials, you know, they felt that since the PJ1 would be basically worn off the track, that would help things out. Well, early in the race, Newman elected to pit and put on another right front. So he wasn't really a factor when it came down the end of the race, Salomito had a great start at Tools Ford. He wed some of the race, was running inside the top three uh, for what I can remember was everything, uh, the whole race for him. And then all of a sudden, a steering failure on that car sent him up the track in turn one and then violently down the track uh, and you know, almost into the inside wall. He did tap the inside wall, but nothing too, too severe damage-wise. They had to fix that car, and they did get him back out, much like what happened at Bristol, guys, but... Unfortunately for him, again, crucial points lost. If he didn't have a steering failure and would have finished in the top five, he'd be looking at the points lead right now. So yeah. it's a big, big steering failure for him. And you mentioned his luck lately has been absolutely horrible. Uh, this is now three or four races out of the last five or six that he's been involved in some type of crash on the track. Yeah, it has been, and it's really tough. And you look at the flip side of that coin, Kyle, you can lose a championship with something like that, but you can also keep yourself in a championship with a really good run. And the guy who shocked me, who I felt like of all the four remaining championship contenders, kept himself somewhat alive, albeit 17 points back and forth. Rowan Pennick needed a big day and everybody else to falter a little bit. He got a big day with a runner-up finish. Yeah, I think that was something that Pennick was really, really, really happy about uh, after the race. You know, he looked at the results pylon in the media center and said, wow, those guys didn't finish too well. Kind of gives me a chance here, Jacob. The thing I worry about with Pennick as we head for the final two races, you know, looking at the results from this year, he is the only driver in the top five in the championship standings that does not have more than five top five finishes. He's only got three. That was his third top five finish of the year. Another one came, of course, when he won the icebreaker back at Thompson, and he finished top five somewhere else as well. So three top fives in 14 starts. Even though he has 11 top tens, I'm not sure that Panic has the front-running consistency inside the top three or four. Again, I really think you're going to need top three, top four runs if you want to win this championship. And, you know, we'll talk about Ryan Priest coming up in a little bit, but I think Panic is really that one guy in the midst of this where if a couple guys falter and if somehow he can put together a top three stretch, then he's going to be right there. But I'm not sure with the track record we've seen from Panic over the last couple of years that that's going to be the case. I want to make a point about that. We'll uh, talk more about Rowan Panic and, of course, the Wheel and Modified Tour in general right around the turn. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. 
Okay, so, Sarah, I'm dropping you off at Emily's? Yep. And Josh, you're going to... Soccer, Dad. Soccer practice. Right. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to let you know when I pick you both up, I'll be wearing my short shorts. What? No! Yep, and my dorky dad hat, and I'm going to do my dad dance for all your friends. They'll love it! Seriously? Why? Because I like my short shorts. Of course, I could be talked out of it if you guys would just buckle up your seatbelts without giving me a hard time. It's important to get your kids to buckle up for safety, no matter what it takes. And sometimes, all it takes is your parental powers of persuasion. Okay, okay, we're buckling up. See, all buckled. Good choice. I'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time. What, what? No! Do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Timmy Salmito, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport. We broadcast live from the Race City USA PMN Studios in Morseville, North Carolina. And how appropriate, Timmy Salamito brings us back from that break as we talk wheel and modified tour. And, you know, the point I wanted to make, Kyle Souza, about Rowan Pennick was that you know, Rowan's one of these drivers, and really his whole season has been about just enough. You know, every time he needs something to sort of propel himself forward, he goes and wins, he goes and finishes second. The rest of the time, he's kind of, you know, fit the tent somewhere in that area. He sort of hangs around, and he's kept himself in this race much the same way Justin Bonsignor has just by being consistent. But to your point over these last two races you're gonna have to race and get wins or you know race to win and i think the question that we all have is does rowan Pennick have the speed 
and the ability in these last two races to actually take control and go win because you got to beat Doug Kobe twice, and that's that's going to be tough for anybody to do at this point. Yeah, I, you know, Jacob will talk with me in a moment. I think Ryan Priest is really the only guy that I feel out of the top five can go up there and blatantly beat Kobe uh, in the last two races, especially because of the tracks. But Pennick, you know, his track record over the last couple of years that we've mentioned has not been one to show us that he's going to win enough to win this championship. And when you look down uh, into the 2017 season towards the end, we've had Pennick run – all right, we've had Kobe run all right, but Kobe put on a great summer stretch and Bonsignor put on a great summer stretch. Right. Panic, it's not really about Panic running well towards the end of the season right now. I think it, obviously we're looking at it that way right now, but I think as far as the beginning of the season and that summer stretch goes, that's what's decided where these guys sit in yeah. the championship standings. Yeah, he's done, like I said, he's done just enough to keep himself there, but now he's got to do more. He's actually got to go out and, you know, he's got to beat Doug Kobe twice, and that's just going to be a very tough uh, thing to do, I think, for him. I'm not really too sure exactly, um, you know, where to go with that, to be honest, but I feel like at least there's a shot, and it's good to see Big Blue even in the championship fight. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something. They're celebrating 60 years of bowler racing this year. Uh, I've talked about that over the last couple of weeks as well. That's something that I think Panic has been – Really strong about he's glad to get a win for them in their 60th year. I know he'd love to get the championship for them, but that not looking too much in the cards at this point. Jacob, Ryan Priest missing two races this year. Of course, he missed Langley in May to get married. He missed last week's event to compete and finish top five in the NASCAR Xfinity Series for Joe Gibbs Racing. Weaves uh, Loudon 26 points back in the championship chase as we head for the final two races of the season. It's a stretch to say that he could you know, gain 26 points on Doug Kobe. He's going to need Kobe to have a severe problem uh, in the last couple races. But I think more so than him winning this driver's championship, they've basically walked up the owner's title for the number six that he drives with McKennedy driving that at Loudon, picking up some points. And uh, for Priest, definitely one of his best. I think this season for him has been better than his championship season a couple of years ago. But unfortunately, it uh, doesn't look like it's in the cards missing those two races and uh, he's going to need some help to try and win the driver's title. <laughs> Kyle, 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 Kyle. I, I hate to laugh. I really do. But you you do remember what happened the last time we wrote Ryan Priest off and said, oh, Doug Kobe's got this, right? You, you, do, you do remember that Priest came roaring back and actually led the points going into Loudoun? How yeah, soon I think we this forget. Been, I, I, I think it's definitely so. It's possible that Priest can put together two wins in the final two races. I think the problem that Priest is going to have, you know, we're talking about how these are great tracks for Kobe. Uh, I mean, obviously, misfortune can strike anybody at any time with you know a mechanical failure, a motor failure, something like that. But Kobe has been so good uh, at Stafford this year. He finished second in both races, and I think for Doug, finishing second to Ryan Priest in the last two races. He'd jump up and down over that because you know what? He can give Ryan Priest seven, eight wins, however many he'd tally up, but he'd have a fourth straight championship. I think that's what this is going to come down to. Priest is going to go 100% for the last two races of the year, try and win the both of them. But uh, it's just going to be it's going to be tough for him to gain this ground. And not only on Kobe, he's 15 back of Bonsignor, 12 back of Salamito. He needs a couple of other guys to get clocked. What Priest really needs, Jacob, 
would be for Bonsignor and Salamito to spin and Kobe get collected in it and well, wipe the top three out in the same race. That's really what Priest needs, and I'm not sure that I'm not sure that that's going to happen. As far as making up 15 points, those two wins, remember, Kyle, there are bonus points for wins that nobody else in the field gets. Those bonus points will help you make up 10, 12, maybe 15 points over the course of those two races. It's the 26 points to Kobe that concerns me. You're right. He does need Doug Kobe to stumble. But, Tom, let's just be clear. We didn't expect Doug Kobe to have this long of a road to try and get to the championship. He has stumbled more than we're used to seeing him stumble this year. I'm saying there's a chance. Well, there's always a chance. The problem is, for Ryan, he's got to beat several guys, not just That's the point I was just making, though. The bonus points for the wins will alleviate. He's close enough to those other guys that if he wins them both, that will largely eliminate that task in general. Yeah, I just... I don't know. I mean, it, it, sure, there's a chance, and you never want to count Ryan out, but I think Doug Kobe is in a, an entirely different situation now. He goes into two races at two tracks where he really traditionally does very, very well. They know these these tracks well, and he's got the points lead. So now it's it's a different mindset, and so I'm not counting anyone out of this race. I think if we've learned anything about what's what to expect from the wheel and modified tour championship fight from the last couple of months it's really been that just when we think we know we have no clue because everything changes we went into Loudon thinking we were basically down to a two-man race and now all of a sudden you have a race that ends up putting and shaking this whole thing up again to where all right we got four guys and maybe five guys with at least a chance at it again, and it's it's going to make the last two races really, really interesting. Stafford and Thompson are good old-fashioned, slobber-knocker, traditional modified tracks. There is no neutral tracks anymore to, to run here before we're done. We're going to two tracks that all these guys know well, and it's just going to be who can prepare the best and go out and run to the front. And I think it's at this point you have to assume, Jacob, that it's Doug Kobe's title to lose, A, because he's the leader, B, because he's great at both tracks, and C, because he's already done this a few times and knows how to close it out. Yes, I agree with all of that. And all we can do now is go in, run the last two races, and see what happens. That's basically what it comes down to. And whoever's going to come out on top after two races is going to come out on top. Kyle, I want to shift away from the points fight for just a minute and give some props to a young driver who arguably has earned them this season. But looking down the contingency awards listing here and doing the quick math in my head that I'm famously known for screwing up, I can do this one, though. Ten points on offer in each of the last two races in the rookie standings and more than 20 points out in front equals an announcement that should be coming that Calvin Carroll is Rookie of the Year or has locked up Sunoco Rookie of the Year for 2017 over Walter Sutcliffe and Ronnie Williams. And you know what? Calvin's been consistent. He's been solid. I like this. I really do. He's done a good job this year. Yeah, Calvin's going to be the Sunoco Rookie of the Year for the 2017 season uh, on the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. You mentioned 
uh, his consistency this year. They're still learning that car. Uh, he's still learning some of these racetracks. I think the second time he's been to some of these tracks, they've been better. They've got some experience behind the crew. Uh, longtime modified crew member Terry Battle has been crewing with him this year and helping him along. Uh, his average finish has been better by six positions this year than last year, and he ranks 13th in the championship to the first 14 races of the season. Carroll with the best finish this year of 13th. He has not been able to crack the top 10 yet. Uh, unfortunately for him, one time it was a rear end that caused him a DNF. The other three times uh, he had a crash, he had an overheating problem. They've had a little bit of bad luck as well. But I think uh, Carroll's definitely going to deserve this one. They've put together a consistent, solid season. Wrecked out of the race at Bristol on lap eight, which obviously hurt him a little bit towards the overall championship. But they finished some laps this year. They've got an average finish. Uh, under 20th, which is six, seven positions better than last year, and he's put together a season that's going to have him honored as the Rookie of the Year. And, oh, by the way, he just, just last week turned 17. Yeah, and that's the the young gun movement of this NASCAR wheel and modified tour that we've been talking about all year long, the younger drivers coming in and trying to steal what Doug Kobe, Justin Bossi, or Ryan Priest and Rowan Panic have put together. Salomito, I would consider part of that young gun group that's come in. But Carroll definitely on the latter end of that young gun, the, the youngest of the young guns with Matt Swanson and, uh, of course, Swanson uh, winning the Rookie of the Year title last year. So Carroll and Swanson the, will be the most two recent Rookie of the Years. And uh, for the Joe Carroll prepared number 39, they are going to celebrate that, I'm sure. And uh, they want to finish these last two races off on a good note. I know they do. Last minute here. Gentlemen, pick your champion with two to go. Kyle, you get to start just because you're the guy. Yeah, it's Doug Kobe. I don't think uh, I don't think any of these guys can stop him. Uh, Bons- I think Bonsignor is going to give him a fight. I think Priest is going to win the last two races. But I think when it comes down to the end, uh, Doug Kobe is going to be your guy hosting a fourth straight title at Thompson. Tom? I think it's going to be Doug Kobe as well. At this point, it's a little hard to pick against him after all he's come back through and and kind of persevered through this year. Uh, these are, again, two strong tracks for him. I think Kobe gets it, but I, I would definitely look for Ryan Priest to be a real factor in both of these last two races. And you know what? If he can ever win twice, all we need is Kobe to have one bad outing, and it's a whole different outcome. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Watch this. I'm going to shock both of you. I don't think that Doug Kobe is ultimately going to win this championship. I think just like we have seen happen a few times this year, Tom, something's going to happen. Something's going to take it right down to the wire at Thompson, and something at Thompson will ultimately prevent Doug Kobe, whether it's a bump and run or just getting passed late in the race. But I think something will happen out of Doug Kobe's control that ultimately costs him this championship. And I think Justin Bonsignor actually wins it. Wow. That's going to be interesting. Well, you know, again, any of these five can mathematically do it. It's going to be fun to watch. Kyle Souza, thanks for being on. We'll talk to you again uh, as we get closer to the end of the Wheel and Modified Tour championship and uh, the end of the season. We'll keep track of what's going on in New England. We've got much more to come here on the Stock Car Show, so stay with us. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network.
You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute, in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> my mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Chase Cabry, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show here on the Performance Motorsports Network. It is presented by our friends at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety, and how appropriate that we just so happen to have one of the safety gurus from HMS Motorsport here on hand with us in the studio right now to talk fire systems. And those of you, again, who are listening, who are drivers, owners, or even involved in a pit crew, and it doesn't matter what kind of racing, you need to pay attention here to what Billy Glavin has to say because this is going to be basically a setup for our next live Facebook Live seminar next Thursday, one week from tonight, we're going to be at HMS Motorsport, and we are going to uh, simulcast live. We're going to do our radio show from HMS Motorsport once again, but we also will be uh, simulcasting on Facebook Live, a seminar on fire systems. Billy Glavin, welcome back to the program. It's great to have you on again, and this, Absolutely. to me, me, is a topic that everybody should pay attention to. I mean, I've seen more fires in race cars in my lifetime than I want to. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's everyone's biggest fear. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes 
you see a situation where somebody has that situation and doesn't isn't equipped. So can we talk first about the different types of fire systems? I know basically there are two, I guess you would call them different sanctions or different Correct. types. Yep. So there's the FIA, which is the international sanctioning yep. body, and then the SFI, which is predominantly U.S.-based. Okay. They both have their own fire standard. Uh, SFI is 17.1. That's what NASCAR uses. That's what most local short track uh, uses. And then the FIA has two standards. Uh, one is relatively new. It's just coming into the market. Uh, very advanced fire system. And then their more standard system that aligns with 17.1 is called Technical List 16. And basically, both systems are designed to provide the driver enough time to egress from the car. The primary purpose of the fire system is to put the fire out or at least suppress the fire long enough to get the driver out. Ideally, then it would be keep the fire out and save the car. But really, the main focus is to get the driver out and to to save the driver because you can rebuild the car. You can't really rebuild the driver. Um, That being said, they have – there's – two basic kinds of fire suppressants that are used in, in racing right now. There's AFFF, which is aqueous film-forming foam, which is basically soapy water. There'll be a quiz um, on this later, <laughs> folks, so make and sure. And then there's it. gas-based systems, which there's two predominant gases that have replaced halon. Halon is no longer I was going to say, used. I remember that for yes. a while. Yeah, now. and halon's been, been banned mainly because it's a ozone depleter, so ah. it's, a, it's a pollution. And so the international community has decided to no longer use Halon. Um, there's two replacements that have come out. Uh, DuPont has a product called FE36, and then 3M has a product called Novec. Uh, they both are a liquid that then converts into a gas to put the fire out. Um, okay. Versus AFFF uh, is a water-based solution that uses the film and the foam from the water to spread out over the car and prevent uh, the fumes, so it's like it's gas fumes that cause fires. It's not okay. liquid gas. It's the the evaporating gas that sparks that catches a fire. Gotcha. Catches fire. Okay. So the film will lay over everything and prevent anything from reevaporating and, and catching on fire. Versus Novec, for example, is a super coolant, and the way it works is by when it phase changes from a liquid to a gas, it actually sucks all the heat out of the fire and puts the fire out that way. So. So, so either one smothers it, and the other one basically just kind of stops. Yes. The so they're each they each have their own benefits, and actually that new FIA standard that I was talking about, which is FIA eighty eight sixty five, actually uses both in the same ah, system. Okay. And the way they do it, and why they do it that way, is they use the Novec first. It goes in first. It smothers the fire. It takes all the heat out of the fire, puts the fire out, and then after that, it sends the AFFF in to keep the fire out. Um, it was designed, that spec was designed specifically for rally cars because obviously when you're in a rally and you get caught on a fire, you're not in a circuit. There's no corner workers there to come put the fire out. And so they wanted to make sure that not only was the fire getting put out for the drivers, but then it was also staying out so that they didn't have environmental damage burning down, you know, a whole forest. So that's where that standard came from. So each of the suppressants has its own benefits and has its own limitations like anything. Um, a, the gas-based systems like the FE36 and the Novec are really good because of the fact that they're gas. They disperse over an area, a much larger area, and are very quick to put the fire out. They'll just smother the cockpit, smother the engine, put the fire right out. 
the AFFF works really well if you have it pointed in the at the source of the fire. It's not going to get you the same coverage that a gas-based system will get you, but it um, it will definitely put the fire out, assuming you have your nozzles in the right spot. Now, does it make a difference to what type of fire system you need to use if, for example, we're talking about a track like the Oswego Speedway where they run the super modifieds which run methanol as their fuel. So you want to make yeah, you want to make sure your suppressant is is capable of working with the fuel that That's you're using. That's what I was asking. Is uh, there a difference the, in can the you SF, kind of Yeah, SFI uh, 17.1 requires that the suppressants be a class B. Um, so you've heard of A, B and C fire extinguishers. Class B is going to cover most everything. Um, the Novec as I said since the Novec is used as a super coolant, it doesn't matter what the source of the fire is. Okay. It's just going to put the fire out. Okay. But you certainly want to check and make sure that you're following the rules of, of your sanctioning body. Some of the more exotic fuels I'm not as familiar with, but I'm sure they, that uh, a Class B would work. But for your standard race fuels, you know, for, for anyone running anything but nitro or something like that, there might be some differences for nitro, but anything – you know, on the normal side of, of the spectrum, I so, would say that. So if I'm a, a Saturday night dirt track driver or asphalt driver, whatever it is, if I'm just a weekend warrior and I'm not really very knowledgeable about all of this stuff, what do I come to HMS Motorsport or somewhere else? So the, what do I ask for? What do I tell them I want for a fire system for my car? So the biggest thing is all the fire systems are sold in capacity sizes. So there's usually two or three different size bottles. So the first thing we would do is figure out the size of the car that you're running to make sure you have enough suppressant. Um, You know, an open cockpit formula style car like a a Formula Ford or a Formula Mazda would run uh, 1.5 kgs of Novec or two liters of AFFF because you've got one driver, one engine. There's not a lot of body work for stuff to hide. It's pretty straightforward. Um, for our late model guys or our sports car guys or anyone in a bigger, what I would say, a stock car size car, you're going to want at least 2.25 kgs of Novec and at least four liters of AFFF on board. Um, and that's how our systems are done in liters or, or, or kilograms. Um, I know NASCAR, for example, they have, they require five pounds of suppressant for the cockpit and then 10 pounds for the fuel cell. Okay. Um, and they actually don't uh, put any extinguishing on the engine bay. Um, it's optional for you to put another five pounds in the car to, to put it on the engine bay. Uh, versus in in the FIA world, they tend to put they don't tend to put fuel on, uh, suppressant on the fuel cell. They put it on the engine because typically a fire will start on the hot side of the car, which is the engine side of the car. Fuel cells being in the back are usually relatively well protected and fuel cell construction is so well or so well done these days that it's very rare for a fuel cell fire to happen. Usually it starts at the front. You have a big hit. You know, Saturday night guy has a big hit, breaks an oil line, oil gets on the headers, fire starts, and then works its way back. Um, so you want to make sure you have suppressant there. So the things we usually recommend are, are sizing the system for your car and then placement of the nozzles. It's very important to place the nozzles how the manufacturer recommends. For our Novec systems, our gas-based systems, in technical list 16 FIA-style systems, they want you to put a nozzle at the four corners of the engine bay. So you have a quadrant, and so that will just bury that engine in Novec. And then they want two nozzles facing the driver. Um, and that's a, for a 2.25 system. 
and that gives you enough suppression again to knock out any fuel fire or oil fire put some suppression in the cockpit because usually the driver if he gets activates the system quick enough there's not going to be a fire in the cockpit you just don't want one starting right so they put the two nozzles in there to kind of just cover that cockpit and then you get out in in about a minute and a half yep explain to me what who needs a fire suppression system in their race car every racer needs a fire suppression system Thank you. Uh, there's no question. That was the answer. I uh, you know, you hear a lot, you know, the local guy, the local circle track guys running eighth miles, quarter miles. Well, I got a corner worker that's going to come with yeah. this fire bottle. That's true, but that there's seconds. We're talking seconds. Exactly. Um, you know, you can be fully engulfed in flame in under a second. Um, all the fire systems have to be able to put a fire out in under 11 seconds. So you, you hit that button, you know, you hit the wall. Even if you think you're on fire, you hit the button and you get out. Um, you know, it, there's makes no sense to not hit the button. I mean, you just hit it and get out. Um, and then if the car is still burning after you're out, then they, the corner workers, that's their job is to come and put the car out. But for you as a driver, you don't want to rely on somebody else to provide you that safety. You got to have that on board. You got to have that ready. And you just never know what's going to happen. You never know when a line's going to fall off. You know, you might not even be in an accident. You might just get black flagged and not understand why you're getting black flagged. And, you know, when you're suited up and you've got your helmet on, you can't see everything around you. Right. And then next thing you know, you stop and, and the car's on fire. on fire. And yeah. you're on fire. And you, your only option at that point, if you don't have a system, is to get out. And you just hope you can get out quick enough. And I think a lot of people, unfortunately, don't practice getting out of their race car and the kind of the procedure. You know, you should have a, a you know, blindfolded. You should be able to get your belts off, drop your window net, hit your fire suppression, get out. Yep. And that should be kind of that order. Just and practice it and then you know it's it, it most sanctioning bodies are now getting to the point where even at the lower 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 levels they're making fire suppression uh, mandatory it's it's a reasonable price st- stuff um and you just got to have it you can't put a price on your safety right simple as that next thursday you're going to be doing a live video seminar detailing some of the differences Absolutely. and actually showing us the different fire Absolutely. systems looking forward to that HMS Motorsport next Thursday, October the 5th at 7 Eastern live the stock car show with the Facebook live. Come on out. Join us in person if you're in the Lake Norman area here of North Carolina. If not, join us on Facebook Live next week. You'll be able to uh, see that seminar in our second hour at 8 p.m. on Facebook Live. Billy Glavin, thanks for being here. Thanks in. for having me. And uh, with that, we take a break. When we come back, K&N East, K&N West, we've got Hunter Smith still to go. We're going to hear from Justin Allgaier. Stick around. You're listening to the Stock Car Show on PMN the Performance Motorsports Network. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. 
If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Harrison Rhodes, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Somehow Harrison Rhodes and Metallica don't seem like the perfect match, do they? Except Harrison lo- Harrison <laughs> loves him some rock. Does he? Yeah, I've okay. asked him before. Oh, all right. I was going to say, because Harrison's kind of a country boy in a, in a way. He lives in High Point, which is not really a really part of, you know, out in the country. But just Let's talk some K&N. Very laid back kind of, kind of guy. <laughs> anyway. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show as we continue along here on the Performance Motorsports Network. We really appreciate Billy Glavin stopping by, talking fire systems. And again, next Thursday night, we will be live at HMS Motorsport for an actual Facebook Live fire system safety seminar. So you want to be around for that. And uh, the show will run 7 to 9. We will do the Facebook Live seminar about 8 o'clock in the evening. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Rents Brown, Cisco Scaramuza, talking K&N East and West. <laughs> well, we're talking Todd Gilliland, and we could cover almost two series with Todd Gilliland right now, but I don't want to slight Harrison Burton because... Yeah, please don't. There's still an opportunity here, but boy, Todd is certainly the hot hand right now on both sides of the coast. Yes, he is. And if I had my singing voice, which I will spare the listening audience right now. We appreciate that. Hey, now, I did take music classes in high school and college. You sing but, well, but I just I'm scared of what you were going to sing. Uh, well, I, I can't do anything that's in pop culture. And I believe Final Countdown is certainly outside <laughs> my list. Of yeah, that. that's takes somebody a lot higher. Than but you. it is the Final Countdown because the final race of the NASCAR K&M Pro Series East is, well, Friday. Yeah. And here's the thing with this for me. Harrison Burton got off to a really good start. Really, really good start. And Todd Gilliland didn't. It wasn't that he wasn't fast. It's just something would happen. He was a bit snake bit in the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. Then about midsummer or so, 
Mm-hmm. He got all that cleared up. And he mm-hmm. started winning and really hasn't stopped hardly well, since then. When you have six top two finishes in a row or yeah. seven top two finishes in a row, you tend to go on a run that gives you the points lead, which is exactly what Todd has done. And, I mean, it's a tale of two seasons that look virtually Cisco identical. Thirteen starts for both Todd and Harrison. Both have four wins. Both have 13 top ten finishes. The only difference is Harrison has one more top five than Todd does, but Harrison uh, has those two top ten finishes that were not in the top five were worse than Todd, and that's where the eight-point lead comes from going down the stretch right here. And I don't know. Yes, I know that the Monster Mile Dover is a track where a lot of things can happen, but I just don't see Todd coughing it up, not with the run he's been on the last three months. No, I agree with you, Jacob, but at the same time, I look at the places where Harrison Burton won this season. Bristol, South Boston, Memphis, and Thompson. And I, those are, you know, there are a lot of characteristics on those tracks, South Boston especially in my mind, where that stuff you can carry over into that race at Dover. Now, I absolutely agree with you, Todd Gilland. I think it's going to be hard to stop someone who's been on a run about as good as Austin Terrio as we uh, started the show. It's been about that kind of run for Todd Gilliland. But yeah. Rents, will it be enough? You know, that's going to be the interesting thing is we go to Dover and Todd Gillen, you know, has the lead. But Harrison Burton will have to ameliorate the race itself and have to really put forth a great effort. I mean, he's only, what, nine, ten points Eight back, points. eleven points back. Eight so points. all. All he has to really do is just stay out of trouble. Keep in mind, this is the monster mile. While Todd Gilland has shown speed all year and is shown to be the top dog, we're going to a track that does not take anyone for granted. And, you know, it can spit you up and spit you back out, eat you, turn you sideways. We've seen crazy things at Dover, whether that be cars flipping over, giant wrecks. Just because Todd Gilliland's the guy in the lead right now, I really do believe that Harrison Burton has a chance. While that might be a slim chance with how the car fields have really been in the K&N series, Jacob. I do feel like he has the opportunity to at least spoil the party for Todd Gilliland and his battle for both championships in East and West. Well, I think the benefit that Todd has here is going to be the complaint that I wanted to get to, Tom. And I have fussed and fussed and fussed about this all week. A race that has traditionally averaged 28, 29, 30 cars over the last Eight years of its existence. 17 cars on the entry list at a mile racetrack. Not only am I scared that this is going to be absolutely a terrible race, less cars is actually a benefit to Gilliland here because it's less positions that he and Harrison could potentially have in between each other and less points that Harrison can easily make up on Todd if he wants to win this championship. Harrison's got to hope to win and Todd finish outside the top five. That's basically his only shot. Yeah, I I guess my thing with this is that although we have less cars, we do have a championship race. Yes, we do. And... Here's what else we have. And I don't want to I don't want to undersell this because I think that there is at least a reasonable chance 
that Chase Purdy goes and wins a race. Now, I'm going to be that guy and say I hope he does, only because he's finished second every possible way there is to finish second, just about without winning. He clinches rookie of the year, doggone it. The boy needs a win. He does. Now, if Chase, if Chase wins the race, that means that there's, again, a chance that, of course, at this point, it's just a matter of differential. It doesn't matter Correct. where Todd and at, Harrison finish as yeah, long as... At that, at that point, if somebody other than one of those two wins the race... Harrison has to beat Todd by eight positions or more yeah. on the racetrack, and I really don't see that happening. They've both been too good this year. Um, I, you know, it's one of those situations where I feel like this is an uphill climb for Harrison Burton only because of that differential. Yeah. It's not that I don't think he can win the race. In fact, I would say that in this situation, with it being over, He's got as good or better a shot at winning the race than Todd, but he's got to have some yeah. help. And here's, Todd's almost got to have a bad race. Here's the point. exact scenario. If Harrison Burton gets max points, i.e. he wins the race and leads the most laps, Todd has to finish fourth or worse for Harrison to win the championship. And on the races that Harrison has won, especially in the mid to late portion of the season, Todd's either you know been in the top three when Harrison's won the race. And quite honestly, all the experience he had on bigger tracks last year in the K&M Pro Series West, even though he hasn't necessarily been able to show it as much on the east side this year, I think is going to benefit Todd this weekend at Dover and give him an even better shot to win the race, frankly. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I would say that I think for the East portion of this, really, that's the story. It's yeah. it's definitely the championship race. Sure. But I would love to see somebody like Chase Purdy come out and finish the season with a win or somebody that hasn't won yet. Or Chase Cabry. Yeah, Chase Cabry. I mean, anybody. I'd yeah. like to see a new winner. We yeah. saw Colin Cabry at Dover. A couple years ago. Yeah, yeah two years ago, yeah. I think it was. So, I mean, I, 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 I'd like to see a new like see a new winner. Now, K&M West yes, has three races to go. <laughs> three races to go. And here, here we are again. Todd Gilliland or the field? I'll still take Todd Gilliland. But, boy, his two teammates have been putting some pressure on him lately, haven't they? Chris Eggleston's only five points back in the championship fight. And this is going to be a very long weekend for Todd Tom, he's not, if he wins the East Championship Friday, he's not even going to be able to really celebrate it because he's got to immediately jump on a plane, fly all the way across the country, Rents, to Idaho, to the quarter mile at Meridian Speedway, and run 208 laps on Saturday night in the West car. <laughs> where this championship is anything but decided by the... If I'm Todd Gilliland, I want a nice long nap by the time we get to Sunday. And then maybe when we get into the first part of next week, if we've got the East Championship trophy, then we can celebrate. That might be Todd Gilliland's downfall. Nothing taken away from his talent level and what he's able to accomplish. I think the fact that he's going to go and try to win the East Championship, and let's say for all intents and purposes, he does. Now the focus and now the frustrations and now all the, you know, all the buildup is going back to the West series. And the fact he has to hop on a plane, fly all the way back and have to go race the next day for, uh, you know, his title defense in the West series here, Jacob, is going to be huge. I think he's going to be so mentally exhausted, not even physically. Mental exhaustion would be the biggest thing that I can think that would 
hinder Todd Gillen's chances at double championships this year. And to make it the fact that he's only five points ahead of his teammate doesn't really help things as, you know, Chris Eggleston can really come on strong. I mean, Meridian's a great track, All-American Speedway, and ending with Kern. I really do think, Jacob, that just the idea of trying to run both championships and having no time to really recover mentally will be his downfall more than anything else. This is the only weekend of the entire season that the East and West run on back-to-back days, Cisco. I really, when we started looking at the schedules and laying them over, I circled this weekend for anybody that was going to try to run both championships as being one that could make you or break you, and I stand by what Rent said. This is either going to make Todd Gilliland a hero or it's going to break his backbone out west and give Chris Eggleston. I argue this is Chris Eggleston's time to pounce. If he doesn't make points here, he's not going to win this championship. No, you're absolutely right, Jacob. And, you know, you have to concentrate on two very different races for both of those series for if you're Todd Gilliland. So, you know, this is also an opportunity where Burton has to absolutely make sure he goes out there and has the race of his life if he can hope to grab this points championship away from Gilliland. Because I I tell you what, I just have this feeling in the back of my mind that Gilliland you know, he may put all his effort into that East race, but that West race is still going to be looming, Jacob. It is. 208 laps around a quarter-mile bull ring, and you talk about the differences, Tom. A quarter-mile bull ring versus the mile that is Dover. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it is a big difference, and it's, it's a different type of race, and it's a different group of drivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, one driver who will be competing this weekend in the West race is a young man named Zach St. Ange. He made a start uh, in the last race for uh, Patriot Motorsports, but this is an official full race for him, and he's had a couple chances to test the car. In fact, he tested five of their cars along with their other drivers. Just each car was set up a little differently to give them a different uh, feel of things, and Zach was the fastest out of all the Patriot drivers at the test uh, last week, so pretty excited to see how this young man does he's got a ton of talent he's the reigning champion in the southwest tour truck series he's also a three-time late model winner this year and so you know zach is a is a young man who's quickly moving up the ranks out west and uh it should be interesting to see how he fares in that uh that race i think certainly capable of bringing home a top 10 Oh, I think so, absolutely. And, oh, by the way, we just had him on the show about a month ago during our last remote at HMS Motorsport. Yes, so, we did. Lots Looking of fun forward there. to uh, that, both of uh, the races for the series. And with that, we're going to step aside. When we come back, Hunter Smith going to join us. We're going to have a fit stop. stop. And then we'll uh, close this thing out hearing from Justin Allgaier and doing some lightning round stuff. So stick around. You're listening to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, 
BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World truck teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America, featuring world-renowned brands like Stilo Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, HJC Helmets, Orca Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits. HMS representatives are experts in their field and focused on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio set ya. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. Presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com or visit either of their locations, Danvers, Massachusetts, or here in Mooresville, North Carolina. We will be at the Mooresville location next Thursday to do our show from 7 to 9. Stop by, say hi, and check out the Fire Systems Safety Seminar, which will be broadcast as well on Facebook Live on both the uh, HMS Motorsport and Race Chaser Online Facebook pages at 8 p.m. if you can't make it. But uh, if you're in the Lake Norman area here of uh, North Carolina, just uh, stop by and say howdy and check out everything HMS Motorsport has to offer. They are the motorsports safety leaders. Hunter Smith joining us. He's not talking safety, but in a way, he kind of is because he's our fitness guru and (laughs) fitness equals increased safety, at least from a um, mental and physical side of things. And uh, Hunter, 
tonight we get to talk about one of my favorite subjects, body composition. Mine is round, but <laughs> I don't think that's really ideal. And, and definitely not ideal, I would not say. So, um, you know, I'm going to have to get down to North Carolina and, and change that for you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but, whip me into um, shape. Good luck with that. Yeah, that's it. Hey, it can be done, man. It can be done. So Several have tried. Um, but yeah, Many have committed definitely... suicide. <laughs> um, so we do have uh, yeah, a couple things to go over with body composition when, you know, talking about uh, racing and drivers and whatnot. So uh, what body composition is, is the proportion of fat, muscle, and bone of an individual's body. So it's really just what your body is made up of. In layman's terms, it's what you're made up of and how much of each thing we are made up of. Um Terms like body fat and lean muscle mass, that's the kind of stuff that we're going to talk about when we talk about body composition. We don't really talk too much anymore. One thing in the past that a lot of people talked about was a body mass index, um, and that told you basically if you were uh, right where you should be as far as your weight, uh, and then it went into things like if you were obese or morbidly obese. And what's really crazy is right now in the fitness industry, we don't talk a whole lot about BMI anymore because it's really not accurate. Um it's really not accurate because I use myself as an example. Um, I weigh 170 pounds, and technically for my height and age and whatnot, I'm in the obese category, which is kind of crazy. So, um, <laughs> but for those who have seen me, it's you know I'm uh, not quite there. So I'm you know to, in the 11 to 13 percent body fat range. So it's um, a little off kilter. So we look more at things like the body composition, body fat percentages, uh, lean body mass, stuff like that to kind of measure what we're looking at. Okay. So we have just a few minutes here. So let's talk about, uh, all right, so I get on the scale and I weigh X amount. That just tells me how much I weigh. It really doesn't tell me whether that's good or bad because as you just said, the BMI is kind of not really indicative. It's really about what kind of muscle versus fat ratio do I have? Yeah, definitely. So like you said, you step on the scale and you, your number comes up and that's just how much you weigh. And it's kind of the hundred pounds of feathers versus hundred pounds of bricks kind of thing. The hundred pounds is a hundred pounds, but it's what it's made up of. It's some, you know, muscles a lot more dense. Fat just takes up a lot more area. So, um, you could have two people at 170 pounds like myself and two completely different body modification or two body identifications and what you're made up of. It could be completely different. So, um, and we look at that and we look at driver fitness and whatnot so talk about a driver's ideal body composition what are we talking about here if i'm a racer so race car drivers are all about lean you want that lean muscle mass you know you don't want a soda cookies tony stewart kind of mass <laughs> uh, ideally so um uh, you're looking at a 10 percent to 20 percent body fat percentage um uh, that kind of just shows us you there's a good fat there is definitely a good fat in things um there's a lot of fruits and a lot of uh other foods that do have good fats proteins and whatnot so um body fat uh, body fat percentage somewhere in the 10 to 20 range anything below that is believe it or not can sometimes be um detrimental um something might not be 100 percent right there so we know uh, i one sport that i always watched really with a lot of question was actually wrestling um, and, you know, watching some of my buddies in high school go through wrestling, trying to make Ugh. weight. And it was like, they were, you know, See, doing such harm to their bodies. Yeah, it's, it's a whole it's other crazy. story for a whole other show. I, I could do a whole rant on how absolutely awful I think that is the way wrestling is set up, uh, scholastically, mm -hmm. but, um, all right. So how does a race car driver ideally 
get to the 10 to 20 percent range and stay there. I mean, I, we know the examples. We see drivers like Landon Castle, Jimmy Johnson, all of those guys that are so dedicated to not just exercise, but some of it extreme exercise. Yeah, definitely. And um, I think everybody's everybody's definition of extreme could be a little different. You know, for um, for me, some extreme stuff might be, you know, some really fast paced box jumps and kettlebell snatches and that kind of stuff. And extreme for somebody else, maybe like push ups. So um, it's, <laughs> <laughs> that's it, me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's it, it's a little different, but. Um, maintaining all that is, it really just comes, comes with a lifestyle. It's not really a, once you reach your goal, you stop. And that's what a lot of people mistake is, okay, I wanted to lose 20 pounds. I lost my 20 pounds. Now I can put it back on and then do it again sometime. That's not really how it works. So, um, exercising regularly. Um, it doesn't have to be seven days a week. People do mistake the fact that you don't have to exercise every single day. Um, even I don't do that. Uh, I mean, depending on the week, but um, it is just on a regular basis, um, you know, recommended anywhere from three to six days a yeah. week, um, having some kind of regular program. Your diet, I tell people all the time, I'm constantly talking to clients that say, you know, should I go on a diet? Should I go on a diet? And I tell them you really shouldn't go on a diet. It really just has to be a, a lifestyle. Uh, you know, the way you eat is the way you eat. And what works for one person is not, might not work for somebody else. You know, my body could take in carbs and use carbs differently than what somebody else's body could use. Um, and then, of course, we just look at the money factor of racing. So um, unless you're Randy LaJoy, you want these guys to go ahead and uh, get all their body composition all messed up and change what they look like because then you're getting money on new seats so yeah um even money on new seats and whatnot um is a big factor there every time you have to get a new mold done you're getting new molds and seats and um you know that could add up too so kind of maintaining you know that lean composition that we talked about um is really detrimental on a lot of levels for sure for the sport my former fitness instructor said to me once it's better to eat to live than to live to eat i have trouble with that sometimes i get it backwards because <laughs> i'm just one of these people that likes food and it happens to be the kind of food i shouldn't be eating but uh yeah. that's all a part I'm of with it you. that's all a part of it and you, and you just have to constantly work at it okay quickly we've got about two minutes let's talk about weekend preview here we got two races going on we've got the trucks out in vegas and we've got Xfinity and Cup and K&N at Dover. Yeah, definitely. So both tracks share one kind of aspect that is relatively similar. Is you're kind of on your tiptoes around both yeah. of them. Um, you're you're never really kind of settled in. You're constantly kind of on your. You kind of have to constantly be on your game at both these racetracks. Um, Ever since they remodeled Las Vegas, it's exactly been that. You're on your tiptoes the whole way around, especially with the trucks with a little bit of less horsepower. So these guys are going to have a lot to fight. Um, a lot of arm movements are going to be happening, a lot of shoulders, um, a lot of core strength just because everything is going to be so tense but in, in that entire race. So that's going to be Vegas. Dover, same thing. Dover, you're going to battle the G-forces. And I believe I was, uh, you know, we talked about Dover the first time they went there, and the G-forces are just the biggest thing to battle there. The amount of pressure it puts on your neck and your back Um going to be really crazy so um if they talk about it at all i would be anxious to hear kind of how eric almarola does this weekend being that he's kind of still relatively coming off a back injury um i would like to see how he fares at dover this weekend if he has any kind of pain or anything coming out of the race because it's pretty much just taking an elephant and sitting it on top of you when you go into these corners and you know you're coming off a bank straight away you're constantly in banking there so um 
a lot of uh, neck and core stuff going to come into play in Dover, and Dover is going to be a really physical challenge for these guys. Should be very interesting. Hunter Smith with another fit stop. We always enjoy talking with Hunter, and he will be back in two weeks. Next week, we will be live at HMS Motorsport. So, uh, Hunter Smith, thanks for being on, and we will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. With that, we step aside. When we come back, it is time for lightning round. But first, we're going to hear from Justin Allgaier and his thoughts on the playoff race right around the turn. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> my mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council. Hi, I'm Dylan Bassett, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. 
on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. We broadcast live from the Race City USA PMN studios in Mooresville, North Carolina. Tom Baker and Jacob Seelman, along with Rents Brown, and we kept Hunter Smith here to talk lightning round. But before we get to that... Me, 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 pick me. Okay, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> I have two things, You knew I actually. was coming to you anyway. Yes, I, mean, I did. Let's start with the fact that you were, as we talked about earlier in the show when we heard from Bubba Wallace, you were on hand at Charlotte Motor Speedway for a little bit of a preview of the BOA, B, <laughs> Bank of America 500. Yeah. I, why I can't get the letters out right, I don't know. But anyway. You were looking for B of A 500. B of A. Yeah, I was going to say BOA, for. but that's some sort of an order of something. I don't know. Actually, it's music related, which is it was something I was a, a part of in high school. Okay. But that's beside the Anyhow, point. Uh, Anyhow. You also had the chance, in addition to talking to Bubba and several other competitors who you will hear and see stuff from coming up on racechaseronline.com throughout the next several days. Yes. You had a chance to talk to Justin Allgaier. I did. Who is in, obviously, the thick of the championship race in the Xfinity Series. He is. But we weren't talking so much about the playoffs as much as we were the fact that Wednesday's Paint the Pit Wall Pink event was a chance to not have to worry about the playoffs for a day. And the biggest theme that Justin and I agreed on uh, during the interview that you'll hear in a moment is the fact that this deal was about drivers getting a chance to remember that there are things going on in the world that are bigger than just racing for a championship. And that's what Wednesday was about. It was about raising cancer awareness, specifically breast cancer awareness, because October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And it's about realizing and knowing the inner strength that, these ladies and you know some men who are also diagnosed have in their fight and a lot of the drivers I talked to said they learned something from all the people that they got to hang out with during the pit wall painting on Wednesday including Justin who has had several members of his family affected by cancer so we're gonna go back to the tape here from Justin Allgaier and he did talk a little bit about playoffs too. I see smiles and I see a lot of pink. I guess that's par for the course here at Paint the Pit Wall Pink. And I do not think, you're not a rookie at this, are you, Justin? You've been here a couple of times, I feel like, right now? I haven't. This is my first time out here for it, for this event. And uh, I'll be honest with you, it's such an amazing event. To see to see the ladies and men that were up there on that stage, um, you know, they thanked us for coming today. And, and really, honestly, uh, I wish I could thank every one of those ladies that's been through the fight that they've been through. Um, to even allow me to be able to come here and, and we hate that that we have to raise awareness and, and funding because we wish that this was already cured yeah. but on the flip side of it uh, being able to, to try and raise a little bit we have a great platform raise a little bit of money a little bit of awareness and hopefully uh, you know somebody decides that they want to spend a dollar or two and those are the those are the dollars that will be the the, the final dollars that they need to, to cure this and and so you know that's the hope uh, I, you know I'm, I'm not sure what the time frame is on that but uh, but that's definitely the hope does your family have an experience at all with breast cancer? We do. We've had some some uh, battles with breast cancer, not only within our family, but but outside of our family. A lot of close friends, and you see the struggles, you see the pain, you see uh, the fight and determination. And I think, you know, as 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 drivers and as teams, obviously we want to come here, we want to win races, and we want to win a championship. But in the grand scheme of things, um, I think you know 
what we're here for today is so much greater. Um, and, and really, honestly, we could learn a lot from these these uh, ladies and, and men that are here um, in what it takes to, to, to dig down deep and, and to push yourself and to push your body uh, to another level. And, and it's, it's pretty incredible. It's doing something like this in a way... I, I don't know that breath of fresh air is necessarily the right word, but it, it, it lets you take a breath from just thinking about racing for a moment. And, and like you said, that re- remember that there is a bigger perspective and that there are bigger things going on in the world besides just the fight for a championship. A hundred percent. I mean, unfortunately, I could list off a, a mile-long list of things that we have going on in our in our world right now that, that, are, uh, that are challenges, but, um, you know, like I said, we, we, we love what we do, and our goal is to go out and win races. But on the flip side of it, I'm a, I'm a husband and a, and a father to um, two beautiful ladies that, that I hope never, ever have to deal with this. And, you know, so for me, this this event not only kind of embodies, you know, what, what, um, what the struggle is like, um, and, and what these ladies go through, but also to um, that that fight to, to keep pushing to uh, keep growing awareness and keep growing funding for it. And and so for me, um, it's fun to be here today, but also it's it's important to be here today. And it does it does take your mind off the racing side of things and and, and clear your mind on that side of it a little bit because um, you know if you're lucky enough to go to Victory Lane here in a few weeks. Um, when you stand up there and you get that trophy with that pink ribbon on it, and you know that all these ladies and men were up there in that victory lane today, um, supporting this great cause, it, it means that much more, right? Like it, it, it adds to the uh, it adds to the allure of, of trying to win here, Charlotte. I get to say co-points leader too, by the way. I know that's good. You, and you had one heck of a fight back. I know it started off looking like it was going to be. Oh, what else can go wrong? But third out of all that, you had to have felt like about you won the race. I felt like a hero. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, it's funny because third for us would have been a great day regardless of the challenges. So to have uh, the flat tire to be two laps down to somehow, I don't, luck, I, I don't even know how you describe how we were able to come back and get back on the lead lap and, and try to battle it out for, uh, you know, for a top three. But, but all in all, just a, a solid weekend. You know, we didn't win the championship by any means. We didn't win the playoffs. Right. But I feel like we didn't lose them either, and, right. and there's a lot to be said for that. Well, I want to ask you, too, because the guy who won the race is going to be a teammate of yours next yep. year at JRM. What did you see in him that you're excited to have him on board with you guys for next year? Well, I've Tyler for a long time, and uh, I've watched him race dirt cars, and and you know come up through the ranks, and, and obviously get here to NASCAR. And um, I'm very happy to have him as a teammate. He's going to fit in really well with with our group of guys at, at Junior Motorsports. Um, I was so happy for him. I mean, your first win is the one you'll always remember. You know, that's the one that that uh, every detail of the day he's going to remember that for the rest of his life. And and so to to uh, to be able to go to, to victory lane afterwards and give him a high five and a hug and and uh, tell him. Congratulations, and, and also knowing that you know we've got somebody next year that, that is coming to our race team that is going to be competitive and, and run up front with when the cars are capable. It uh, it definitely goes a long way. It means a lot, and and I'm excited to have him on board next year. Well, I think that says a lot in a short time. Sure, it does. Great cause. 
certainly a wonderful day and a wonderful opportunity for not only all of the drivers, but for all of you who were able to attend media-wise. Oh, yeah, and I was so thankful to CMS for extending the opportunity. It was my first time at the event and being able to talk to some of the folks from Blue Cross Blue Shield in North Carolina, to talk to some of the survivors, the ones who have beaten this. It just gives you so much hope for the future, and to see all the optimism that all of them exude, it really pumped me up and made me excited and appreciative for what we have here, knowing that uh, you know all of them have been through so many things that are so much greater than, than we could imagine in our situation. Absolutely. And as we look at the playoffs, yes, for Justin, I think a real momentum builder, and it was interesting that he talked about Tyler Reddick coming over. Mm-hmm. Tyler getting that win, I don't think anybody would have predicted that. But it no. just goes to show you that on any given day, I mean, Chip Ganassi Racing won two mm-hmm. Who would at have Kentucky. Thought, right? Who would have thought? I mean, we were, we spent most of last week when we were discussing playoffs talking about the Junior Motorsports Advantage because they had all four drivers in. Right. And... What happens? Chip Ganassi Racing goes out and says advantage. What advantage? What advantage? You know, so now right. we're back at Dover. So I'm going to go around the table on this. Okay. I'm going to ask the question. Coming out of Dover in the Xfinity Series, Jacob, who is the points leader coming out of Dover? I said co-points leader in the interview because I they're know. actually tied. I know, but I'm asking, I mean, unless you're going to say, well, I think they'll still be tied. Oh, coming out of Dover. Coming yeah. out of Dover. Wow. Who gets the advantage at Dover? I got to say Allgaier. I just, he's been so tremendously consistent. And, you know, the rally back that he had, I just think that team's on such a high right now. That's I why say I the picked seven. him to win the championship. Reds Brown. Ooh, man, you are choosing a tough one. I'm going to say Cole Custer comes out with the championship points lead because he's been running well. Dover's a really good track for him. And it's one of those things where I think he's finding the mojo at the right time, mm-hmm. Tom. I agree, Hunter Smith. So I don't think it's going to be Cole Custer or Justin Allgaier. I think Elliot Sadler will have the points lead Ooh. after Dover. Um, mm-hmm. Been a consistently decent track for Elliot Sadler. Um, and I think he's got a little bit more experience than the other two. Justin runs well on those concrete tracks, though, so I'll give him that. Um, but I do think Elliot Sadler's got the motivation right now. I think Elliot Sadler's going to come out on top after Dover. I'm going to pick real quick. I'm going to agree with Rents and pick Cole Custer, but I'm still picking the overall champion to be Justin Algar. Fair enough. I, I want to add my second bullet point that uh, I mentioned before we got into the Algar stuff. Uh, congrats to somebody who we've had on PMN with us a couple of times before, but Ross Chastain going to be making his second Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series start this weekend, a collaboration in the 15 car between Premium Motorsports and JD Motorsports to put Ross in that car for Sunday's race. He will also be in the JD car Saturday for the Xfinity race. Just wanted to throw a yeah, shout out there. Should be, uh, that should be fun. And Ross is a, we talked to Ross, I actually saw him at the NHRA race a couple yeah, of years ago. Yeah, that was fun. Years ago, a couple of weeks ago, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> at uh, Zmax, and you know he was. Uh, it was cool to, yeah. to sort of watch his reaction to all of that. He was really stoked to be there and yeah, see that was. for the first time. 
He really was. And the the, the Nitro, when they went down the track, and Ross's eyes got really yeah. big. Yeah, it was just fun. <laughs> it's always fun to uh, watch somebody get their first experience with all of that because it's like nothing yeah. else in motorsports. Oh, yeah, Todd Gilliland did too during that weekend, and he was he, he was crying on the line because the Nitro fumes yeah. were just killing his eyes. Yeah, they do mine too. <laughs> I have to be real careful with that. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. I think the opportunity is there. For a lot of drivers, including Daniel Hemrick, who could still yes. be a factor in this. I agree. So with that, we are going to say thanks to Mike Garrity, Megan Kolb, our social media partners at Three Wide Life, as well as Bob Steele, Sue Mason, Joe Behind the Glass, and all the folks at PMN that make this show possible. And we couldn't also do it without Billy Glavin, Joe Marco, the folks at HMS Motorsport. Where we'll be sponsors. next week. Yes, we will be there next Thursday night for a safety seminar, back with two more hours of motorsports conversation, all that good stuff here on PMN. So for Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, Rents Brown, Hunter Smith, I'm Jacob Seelman reminding you to keep it tuned to RaceChaserOnline.com for your motorsports, your way, every day we'll have race coverage throughout the weekend and into next week when we will be at Charlotte. Keep it off the wall, and we might just see you at the racetrack somewhere. Folks, have a safe racing weekend. Good, Good night. night. You've been listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated and may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-host, and guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network.